Let's roll. Okay, so we are holding Perek Gimel. We are discussing this idea of making, so to speak, feeding, feeding the land. And we said that the land is the idea of emuna, and the idea of feeding is to try to bring this emuna, instead of it being uh, like the famous adage of the thief that is standing by the door of the person's house and praying to God that he should be able to be successful to steal, right? Which means that on the one hand, he has belief in God, because otherwise, why is he, why is he praying to God? On the other hand, uh, there's clearly something missing here, because if he believes in God, how could he be a thief? It's not the best profession to choose amongst all the professions that there are out there, right? So this is a big problem. So we said, so we said that the way to deal with this is that we have to, we have to, uh, so to speak, feed this person's amuna, and the way to feed the amuna is in, to bring the sabi of kol almim down into him. How do we do that? Through Torah mitzvahs. That dafka through Torah mitzvahs, that's going to feed the soul. And when the soul is fed, so then what happens is that he becomes much more sensitive and he becomes much more aware of this idea. Okay, so let's, uh, I think we got up till where? Kamoshikasu, Vinigla? Is that what we're up to? We get that? We went further? Uh, let's, let's read from there anyway. That this idea of this drawing down, how do I make, so to speak, how do I feed the emuna? Is dafka through Torah mitzvahs. skipping the parentheses. Like we said yesterday, actually, I remember that. We said, right, we should make him in his image, in his likeness. Remech mitzvahs heim, remech evarim demalka. That the 248 limb mitzvahs are corresponding to the 248 limbs of the king. Yeah? And then we said, bechines adam, and we said the adam is adam elyon, That we are similar to that which is above. And we said, shehim hein remech hamshachas bebechines And what we said over there was the... That the idea is that just like a limb, every single limb has its particular uh, energy that's coming down to that particular limb, and uh, it's giving it its life force, it's giving it its energy, it's making it work. So in the same way, all of the mitzvahs have a particular, each mitzvah has its particular life force, which is coming from Sarev Kolamim, which is going into it. And when a person is doing these mitzvahs, so then this Sarev Kolamim is also coming into him. Now, in general, what we have to say is the concept of Torah mitzvahs could be divided not into two, but into three. And these three are divided into right, left, and center. Now, what does that mean, right, left, and center? So he explains, Like we just learned in Pirkei Avos last week, that the world could be divided into three parts. The world of Torah, right? The world of Gemilas Chasadim, right? Which is the idea of kindnesses, different kindnesses. And then you have the Avoda, which is the idea of Korbanis, or the idea of davening, right? That is on the left side. So how, do we, how does this play out? So he says, That's why we say, So it explains... That the Torah is actually, the, so to speak, the name of Hashem. That's why we say a person is koyre b'tayre. He calls 
the Torah. So it's like a person is calling out to his friend. Right? When I call Teva, so all of a sudden Teva looks at me. Right? Because what happens is that the name is very much connected to the etzim of the person. So that's why when, for example, a person faints, right? What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go close to him and whisper his name and it calls him back. Right? Because it's somewhere, it's very, very connected to the inside of the person. Right? So the same thing with Torah. When we read Torah, when, we say, when we're saying words of Torah, what we're doing is we're calling out to Hashem. That's what's happening here. Right? Hey, what happened to him? A soccer injury. Another soccer injury. It's a dangerous game. Okay. Good thing they don't play football. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, so he's saying, right, that this idea of Kaira, Kaira ba Kodesh Baruch Hu, our is we're calling out to Hashem, right? That's the idea. We're calling, we're calling Hashem, and Hashem is being drawn, so to speak, towards us. When we say words of Torah, when we say words of Torah, it's like we draw Hashem towards us. We draw Hashem into us, right? So he says, What's Gemilas Chasadim? So Torah is, is in the center. Gemilas Chasadim is the concept of the right side, which is the idea of Chesed. What about that? Zutz Daka. That's the concept of tzedakah. What's tzedakah? Lahachios ruach shvelim. Right? This is the idea of to give energy to a lowly spirit. How does this work? Uh, this works through, right, the idea of isarusadalatata isarusadalayla. What does that mean? Liosam shachas saibim kolalmin bebechinas yurida beshafel lahachios ruach shvelim. So what he's saying is like this, that Hashem, in a sense, corresponds his actions to my actions. So when I go out of my way to help someone and to, so to speak, lift him up, right? So then Hashem goes out of his way to lift me up. means that when I am arousing, so to speak, uh, something, when I'm doing something, I'm arousing something in Hashem. When I arouse that thing in Hashem, Hashem then naturally will gush forth a likeness, a mirror type of energy that will then flow down into me. So now we see a second aspect. So we have Torah, which is the idea of calling out to Hashem, right? Because we're reading the words of Torah and it's like calling His name. And we have Gvinal Sasadim, which is the idea of What about the last point? What's the idea of avoida? Avoida is the idea of lifting something up, right? Like we have with the karbanas, right? The karbanas is the idea of what do you have? You have a physical animal, right? Which is a, so to speak, you know, walking around on his all fours, excuse <coughs> me, in the local farm, eating grass, a very, so to speak, lowly creature. If you look at it. And what's my job of the Corbin? The job of a Corbin is to lift that lowly creature up that it should be included above. That's the concept, right? So, in a sense, we know, as it explains elsewhere in, in Hasidus, that the energy that goes into the spark of energy, the spark of godly energy that goes into an animal, or a spark of, go- of energy that goes into the salt that is brought on the Mizbeach as well, is actually coming from a higher level, right? It's coming from the world of Taihu, 
However, we know that we are coming from, originally our source from Atzilus, the idea of Chachma, the idea of Chachma is Bariru. We are able to take something that has fallen down so far down here below that it's walking around on the all fours eating grass, right? And to bring it up to a level, right? Much, much higher, i.e. to its source. That's our job. Our job is to take this lowly thing and lift it up. That's an incredible concept, right? That's exactly what we're doing also every single day with our davening. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be lifting up our Nefesh Bahamiases, right? Our Nefesh Bahamias also comes from a high level, right? Even though it's lowly, so to speak, when it's in me, right? Because it's wanting me to do all these things that are really the wrong direction in my life, right? It's constantly wrestling with me. But its source is much higher. Its source is from a high, high level. It's from the world of Tohu. My job in davening is exactly the same thing as I was in the Korbanas. Is I'm trying to lift up this animal. I'm trying to lift up the world around me. That's my job. Right? So in all of these aspects, what we're doing is we're trying to lift up the world. And similarly, we're drawing down into ourselves something from a much higher realm. That energy from the much higher realm is what we're talking about. Now, what is that energy going to do? No? Anyone with me today? What's our job? What, what do we want that energy to do? No? What, what, what do we want that energy to do? What's the, anyone been doing Chazara on this, Mimer? Uriel, what's the job? What are we trying to make? What? Make the That's right. To make the soybean more into, so to speak, a gilui, which then causes what? Um, what? Prayers to be answered. No, what does it do? So meaning what? In real words? So that we can see our emunah. That's right. That the amuna in the Abishter, that he is the all, be all, and end all of everything, it becomes real in my life. That's the objective here with this whole concept that we're talking about, right? The objective is that that which is really way beyond my normal operating system should become my normal operating system. In other words, a person born into this world, even though he believes that there's a God, it doesn't mean necessarily he's going to live with that concept. And that it's going to impact his day-to-day life. That's what we've been talking about. Our goal is that it should become so real by us. How the Abishter is the end-all and be-all. That there's nothing else except for him. How he's bringing into existence right, the world every single second. That, that, that he is not being impacted by the world. All of these things. That we should be able to live our lives in a way that that is so real to us that it's as real as this table is sitting in front of me. That's the objective. So that stuff, like that Hashem is creating the world and that he said that we don't need a munaf for, we do need a munaf for it? We do. We need, we need a munaf for that, that idea. What we don't need a munaf for is that we see that there's a life force going on in this world. We see that there's an energy. We see just like the soul fills the body, that we could see. We understand that. But that there's an Abisha that's controlling the whole thing, right, beyond everything, bringing everything into existence every single second. He's not being impacted by the things of this world because he's way beyond this world. 
that there's this level of Einod Milvado that's running the whole show here, right? That is something that's beyond us. That's not something that's, my, that's in my normal operating system. And that's why the thief could daven to Hashem. And he doesn't see, he doesn't see any contradiction in what he's doing. Of course, the thief is not a thief. The thief is me. That's how I live my life. I'm, I am the thief in my own way. Right? Whether it's in my, the way I handle my Seder, the way I handle my davening, the way I handle my learning, the way I handle my mitzvahs, the way I handle uh, my parnasa, the way I handle... Right? In other words, I'm davening that I should be able to have a successful parnasa. But then I proceed to go and cheat. How could that be? That makes no sense. If you really believe that the Abishter is in charge, why are you cheating? If you know that Hashem is in charge of your parnasa, if you know that Hashem, right, it's like the it's like the old adage, right? You know, a person loses his wallet and he believes in Hashem, believes in Hashem, believes in Hashem, and then he loses his wallet. He goes so angry, so crazy. He's like, why did the Hashem have to close his eyes for the last thirty-five seconds? You know, like it, it, that, that's what happens. You know, it's all good, well and good when it's in the book, but when it's in my life, it's not so real, right? How could I have lost my wallet? How could I have lost my keys? Right? How could I have not found my shidduch yet? How can I have, right, whatever it is, how could I have gotten sick? How could it, whatever it is, whatever the issue is, right, it's not real by me. On the one hand, I'm reading Hasidis, reading Hasidis, reading Hasidis, but I don't really live with the concept that the Abishter is running the fact that I lost my wallet right now. Or that. The, the, the business is, is uh, you know, I have an opportunity in my business, but I may have to, like, you know, cut a few corners here. Am I going to cut those corners? Right? So most people would say that they're going to, that they do. They, they do cut the corners. That's what winds up happening. How could that be? You're davening for the Abishra for a bracha that you should be successful. And on the other hand, you're cheating. It's a total oxymoron. Makes no sense. That's what it is. So what he's saying here is by doing the Torah, by doing the mitzvahs, what we're drawing down into ourselves, what we're trying to cause to happen here is that there should be a shift of energy in myself that I should start looking at the world differently. That I should be much more in, you know, how should we say, coordinated with my thought process and my actions and the way I, uh, my perspective in the world. That my perspective shouldn't be like this, and my actions be like here, over here, and my thought process be over there somewhere, right? In other words, I have that's the thief. The thief is he's all over the place. He's not in alignment. We'll call it. He's not in alignment. Most people in this world are not in alignment. Most people believe that there's a God, but it doesn't necessarily follow through to their minute by minute lives. Like, why would you push that button on your internet if you really believe that there's an Abishter? Why would you not wake up for Hasidus if you believe there's an Abishter? Why would you uh, cheat on a test if you believe there's an Abishter? Right? I mean, we, you, can give, you can give a thousand examples of this idea. Yeah? I think that it's not that people, I don't know, um, maybe they aren't online or Maybe they are online. I think it's just like, let's say someone's trying to go on a diet and they don't want to have cake, but they see cake. It's like really, really, really good. They know they shouldn't have the cake. That means that they're not in alignment, though. No, but they know they shouldn't have it, and they 
and all this stuff, but like they want it anyway. Right, you know, exactly. That's that's the thief. The thief is not saying Hashem doesn't really exist. It's just that this is how he makes his parnasa. And he doesn't see the the contradiction that's going on. That's the whole point. In other words, the guy that's on the diet, let's use your example of the diet, right? That he uh, went to the doctor and the doctor told him he has high blood pressure and he has to stay off the salt and he has to do this and he has to... Uh, uh, right? So when he goes to sit down and they bring him, you know, uh, the salty herring or whatever it is that they're bringing him and he knows that that's not what he should be doing. The truth is, does he want to live or not? Of course he wants to live. That's the number one thing he wants to do. He wants to live. He's just that there is a disconnect between the fact of him wanting to live and his taiva for eating this herring. That's exactly what we're talking about. He's out of alignment. Right? That's why when, God forbid, he winds up in the hospital, all of a sudden, there's a connect. He's like, I'm not eating herring ever again for the rest of my life. Never, ever, ever. You know? And for the, you know, the week that he gets out of the hospital, they show him any herring. He's not going anywhere near. But two weeks later already, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll just have one tidbit. You know, oh, you know, oh what's one? What's two? You know? In other words, all of a sudden it breaks down again. So that's an example with the diet. It's an example with the thief. It's an example with everything in our lives. That's the way we're made. We're made that the Nefesh of Bahamias is trying to cause us to be out of alignment. The Nefesh of Bahamis is not telling you, oh, by the way, there is no God here. That's not what the Nefesh of Bahamis is saying. He's just saying, you know, okay, so what, you know, it's, uh, you know let's, not, let's not think so much, let's not think so deeply into it. The thief is, is not saying that there's no God. He's davening to the Abishar that he should be successful. He's just not thinking in terms of coordinating his thought process with his action process. That's what we're talking about. That's us. So really, everything in our lives is really being determined, is being directed, is being run by Hashem. But we don't necessarily live our lives that way. On the other hand, look, you have a bunch of yeshiva bachram here. So clearly, you believe, more than just believe that this is the truth, you're actually living it to a certain extent. So how could it be that a bachar and yeshiva would do the wrong thing? That makes absolutely no sense if you think about it. That's totally ridiculous. You know, it's like a guy that's, uh, you know, trying to make it to the Olympics. So he goes to the Olympic training camp and, and they have like such a strict regiment over there and he, his whole life is to make it to the Olympics. That's all he wants and he wants to do. And, and then all of a sudden he decides, you know what, I'm going to have, uh, you know, three, you know, McDonald's hamburgers with all the garbage on it and all the, uh, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. It's like, there's a disconnect. How could, what are you talking about? You just spent your entire life working to get to this point, to get to the Olympic training camp in Colorado Springs, in Colorado, right? And you, and you're, you're, everything you've been doing for all these years, everything you eat, everything you do, everything, the whole nine yards, and now you're going to go and eat this garbage that's going to mess you up? What happened? Well, how could that be? It makes no sense. It does make sense because that's the way the Abishter made us. Abishur made us with an effigy of Bahamias and he made a Muna in a way that it is makif. What's, it, what's makif mean again? Hidden. It's hidden. It's not begilui. It's not tailor made. It's not revealed within me. It's hidden. So, therefore, my normal operating system is yes, like this that the herring I'm going to eat, 
and I'm not, and I'm going to be totally disconnected between reality and what I want to be doing. It's a disconnect. It makes no sense. If you would analyze it from the outside, you say, "Hello, what's wrong with this person? Maybe he should take some medicine or something." You know, and this makes no sense. What is he doing with himself? But no, that's the way the Abister made us. So our goal here is to change that, change that equation, to make it real. And that's what he's saying here. Right, we established Baruch Sheamar v'Pesukit Zimra lahagdil medayrus haeish haava. That why why do we establish this? Like we talked about last night in the Kuntras Avoda class, right? That idea is to to start to build that torch of fire that should should be flaming, should be burning. Right, that when I say first thing in the morning, when I say "Blessed be He that He spoke and the world came into creation," that's an amazing thing. Like we were talking about last night, uh, I think most of you guys weren't actually there. Only Hananya was there. That the idea is that you. Oh, and Ezi. Oh, right. That what? That the idea was that that you could read this in a book. But then it's a bumper sticker. We're back to the same problem again. You have to think about it. You have to think about what you're saying. You have to think about this idea. You have to make it real by myself, by you, by everyone. It's not enough just to read a nice vort. A nice vort is is good for the books. It has to be thought out. And when you think about it, you think about it, that the Ebishter created all this with one, right, with one utterance. That's what's happening here. They test my Mars and then it became divided into nine other utterances, so it's ten utterances altogether, and he's creating, and he continues to create, and like you start to think about it, and you start to think about your relationship to him, all of a sudden things start to change. When you read it, look, the bottom line is reading it in a book is better than not reading it at all, but thinking about it yourself is totally different than just reading it in a book. That his name is, you know, separated alone, higher up. Right? It's only a ray of him that's coming down here to create this whole thing. Right? He's Dafka connecting specifically to the Jewish people. That that's the idea. The and all the different things like this. Bishar Psukim. That each pasuk is a, is is a is a is a gem that is meant to be opened up, right? To be able to understand what's going on. That this causes you to have like a burning fire, a, a, a flame that is in your heart, that all of a sudden you start to think to yourself, you know what, there's something to this. You know, like think about your relationship with your parent, right? Uh, so most people don't think about their relationship with their parent. But if you stop and think, and you think about how your your mother took, you know, you were born from your mother, she went through so much pain to bring you into the world, and then she took care of you, and she fed you, and she clothed you, and she bathed you, and, you know, when you were a little baby, and then one years old, two years old, when you couldn't do anything by yourself, and then she educated you and, 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 and tried to bring you up and make you independent and give you everything that you needed, and how much love she has for you. Like, when you start to think about that, it's like all of a sudden you start to think, wow, you know, I, I, I really 
I'm very grateful to my mother. I really feel like a sense of appreciation. Like maybe I should be speaking to my mother differently than I am speaking to my mother. Or maybe I should be relating to my mother in a different way. Or maybe I should, right? In other words, when people think through these ideas, right, all of a sudden they change the midos of the person. They change the way the person conducts himself. That's what winds up happening. And the same thing with the Abishter. So every morning we say, We're running through it, and I'm speaking to myself as much as you. That's just the nature of what we do. But really, each one of these is meant to be a package that can be opened up and like thought about. And, and, and when you think about it, you like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is like different. This is, you know, it makes me different. That's what it's supposed to be. Next page. So he says, and through this, then, right? So the famous adage of is the way you are conducting yourself, right, with something else. So that's how clappy you, you feel like. This is a very famous, uh, I haven't told this story in, in a long time, uh, but the famous story that I always tell about the, about the Rav and the Mayim Apanim Apanim, that there was a, uh, a, a Rav, I forgot who was involved in this story, that they, they actually don't know the name of the Rav, but the student of this Rav uh, became a, um, uh, he became one of the one of the Dayanim in 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 Yerushalayim in, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was a very holy person, very famous person. Um, but the rub, this the rub, it was a story something along the lines of that there was. I'll give you a kitzur version. This 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 story could be built up for a half hour, but I'll give you the the two minute version. Right. Basically, there was a guy in the town who was the wealthiest person, and who. Everyone knew was an extortionist and was a really bad person, a mafioso type. But the rub, they, they like hid it from the rub. And the rub always thought that he was like a very, um, very like a holy guy and a good guy and he helped pay for things and he was just a very noble character and noble person. And it turns out that one time uh, someone from out of town basically got messed over by this guy and he wanted to bring him to a dintaira. So the Rav called the Purim to a Din Teira, and, and all of a sudden it became clear that this person was really uh, out, you know, he was not coming to the Din Teira, and he was a really bad guy. And the Rav recognized in the community that they had basically pulled the wool over his eyes for many years. So what happened then? So on that Shabbos, right, he, now this, this, this person always got the uh, sixth Aliyah, and the Rav always got the third Aliyah, or vice versa, or whatever it was, so he goes marching up to the to the Torah, and he wants to have the aliyah of the rav, and he says, and he says, bar es, and the rav says, no one's allowed to answer this, and everyone was like, yeah, and the person's standing there, and he's going, finally the rav gives him a patch on the face and says, this is not appropriate. Everyone's like very scared. What is he going to do? How is he going to re- revenge? You know, everyone's kids were basically in the house. You know, they wouldn't let the kids out of the house for the next week. And lo and behold, nothing happened. About two months later, uh, someone in the, one of the villages around the, the city asked the Rav to be the Sandik at his son's bris. This is going to send a, a carriage, whatever, a wagon. Fine. So 
the Rav goes in the wagon with his two students, and the wagon's going in a different direction from what they were expecting. And the, the wagon driver is saying, oh yeah, you know, uh, I know, I know the way, it's a shortcut, you know, don't worry. And uh, all of a sudden they start going into the forest, and they're opening in the forest, and who do they see? This guy over there, but now his, his payas and his beard are gone, he has a big sword, and he has a bunch of uh, uh, friends with him that all have swords also, and it looks like it's, uh, and the students of the Rav are like telling, are, are like, look what's going on here. The Rav is very busy uh, um, being Marbi Vesedra in Parshas Bishalach. Right? He's just focus, 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 focus. And he's not listening to them, and they're freaking out. And finally, the wagon stops. The Rav puts on the chumash, jumps out of the car, and he says, you know, whatever his name was, Velvel. And he, oh, I, how are you? And he gives him a big hug. And Velvel, in turn, gives him a big hug. And he says to him, do you mind if I kill your students? And he says, no, you know, my students are nice guys. They're okay. Maybe you shouldn't kill them. And so he says, okay, fine. You know, he says, I missed you. You should come back to town. Okay, yeah, very nice. And they get, he gets back onto the wagon, and they drive home. And the students are like, what in the world just happened there? So the Rav says, look, I knew that, that we were in trouble a long time before you. And I knew that the only way to get out of this was similar to what Yaakov did with Esau, that he had to remove all the hatred and all the disgust that he felt in his heart. And if he would remove all the hatred and disgust that he felt in his heart for the other person, then the other person would be mayim kapanim upon him. It's impossible for the other person to have bad feelings towards him. Because if he had only feelings of love in his heart, so then the other person will pick up on that and he will feel feelings of love similarly back. And that's what he did. But you guys had all these feelings of negativity in your heart, so therefore that's what he picked up on, that's what he wanted to kill you. So the same thing here. This is what we're talking about here. Kamayim apanim lapanim. That when we establish in our hearts a love for Hashem in this way, and, and a love for uh, uh, an energy that's going towards Hashem, so we are reaching up towards Hashem, what's going to happen is that Hashem is then going to pour down His love and His energy onto us. And that Sayyid of Kalalmim energy is then going to come into our hearts and it's going to establish within our hearts this energy of Amuna. It'll become fixed in a way that it becomes our norm, our reality, and then it becomes a totally different system that we have up until this point. So that's the idea here. V'zehu mitzvah. This is the mitzvah lasos ba'aretz, eretz avat chalava devash. Okay, so we have to learn now what that whole discussion is. But Amir Tzashem will uh, pick up with that on uh, on uh, Sunday, God willing. Okay.